on TV, online, and on La El Sadat. Egyptian president, assassinated, read a book. This is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. I am Uncle Daddy, Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. The end is night for season two of the EPT in real... Is it not? The end is nigh or the end is night? First of all, it's season 12. And what secondly, did I say, two? Yes. Eh. And secondly, it is nigh. It's not night? No. Because isn't night the end of the day? No, it means near. doesn't mean that it will be at night. Although, on this occasion, there's a very good chance that the final hand of season 12 will probably be dealt at night time. So I'll give you half a point. As opposed to the years previous when it's been in the morning. <laughs> yes, that's Fuck. true. Coming up on today's show, we're starting to catch up with real life on television. As we recap EPT 12 Malta, which was released last night. It's a callback to a yeah, minute no, ago. I, I got it. <laughs> Today we'll be having <laughs> Neil Farrell on as our guest. Lots of social media to go through. Uh, some fun stories about my flight over here. That's right. I'm back in England because we are heading to Monaco on Friday. James is going on Thursday. I'm going on Friday. So we've got the grand final to preview for you today. Christopher Bean is our super fan, and his specialty subject is Las Vegas. But first, let's dissect some social media. Yeah, just a few tweets in reaction to last week's show. Michael says, I consider myself a super mega Ultimo fan of EPT Not Live, but that war game with Steve Warburton was fucking ear poison. Oh, don't bring up poison. Okay, we've got real poison things happening. Giles' cat killed by poison. Nice one, Michael. Uh, he nice does, one. He does say hashtag still love the show. Did, was it? I don't. I actually take these really personally. When it, people like don't like the games. It wasn't you. I think it was slightly me. I will own it a little. Like the game was stupid. I'll admit it's stupid. Ear Joe, poison. Joe, Joe, breaking news. All your games are stupid. I think today's game with Neil Farrell may go okay. over a little bit better. Okay. The one thing I would say to Michael is if you consider yourself a super mega Ultimo fan, and quite frankly, you've proved it because you're tweeting every week. Why don't you apply to be on Superfan versus Stapes? Pick a subject. On on Facebook, by the way, a lot of people attacked Steve Wubbaton, Wubbaton, Steve Wubbaton for being an idiot. And I was like, no, don't. It's like, it was probably my fault. Like, there are no bad students. There are only bad teachers. But I do think, you know, go to college, Steve. To be fair... <laughs> To be fair, though, the other thing I should say is that we often record this show in the morning, and I think it was 11 a.m. when we recorded the interview and the subsequent game with Steve. Now, I know for most people in the real world, 11 a.m. is like middle of the day, but I think Steve had literally just woken up and maybe wasn't quite in the right frame of mind to play what he perceived as a complicated quiz. And, and I will own it. You know, I'll, I'll own the fact that it was fairly complicated and not all that fun, well, but not poison. Well, Pete Blow says only EPT Not Live can have half a show taken up with guests not answering questions right <laughs> and still be highly entertaining. Thank you, Pete Blow. And Pete, Pete can be a giant troll sometimes, so I'm glad that I finally met your fucking approval, Pete Blow. Uh, Douglas Fairley is catching up with previous episodes. He says, just listened to episode 42. Great news on hold cards up for certain events <laughs> at the EPT Grand Final. It was so funny when I tweeted, like, is it hold cards or hold cards? Everyone and their mother thought it was was hilarious to write back whole cards with a w it was like i'd like i almost wanted to do one of those things where i retweeted everyone because there's like nine people that were like it's it's the whole it's the entire card stapes good one 
Uh, we'll talk more about our live streaming from Monaco later on in the show. Uh, we're also going to review the latest TV show. And in reaction to the Barcelona final table that we went through uh, with Steve last week, a lot of people very disappointed that they're only getting to see final tables now. I think Cameron Hunt is one of the people whose uh, tweet is pretty representative of the general sentiment. Cameron says, kind of gutted. Channel 4 are only showing the final tables. The build-up is the best bit. And again, I've been saying this to people who've been tweeting at me and I'll say it again on the show. That's the deal for season 12. There are no plans yet for 2017. So we'll see what happens in the future. We are going to get the 2017 plan sorted out around March 2018. So that's about when things will get locked into place. The sad thing is that's probably not too far from the truth. Um, what's been happening to you on social media, well, Joe? Because you spend so much time on Facebook that I'm sure something interesting must I'm have I'm going to cover the Facebook side of things right now. I just had a recent development this morning, actually. I started off my Wednesday with a little Wednesday morning racism. Now, there is... Um, I'm not going to call this person out, but they this this fellow who's a poker fan posted this meme, James, and you can take a look at it with me. It says, like and share if you think only presidents should be on our money. And I'm sure you heard the news over here that uh, they're going to replace President Andrew Jackson, who was like an Indian murderer and a big fat racist, with Harriet Tubman, right. who was a, a crusader for you know civil rights and just you know human equality. And it's upsetting a lot of people. And what I love most about this i think that i was part of an unwitting facebook experiment by the way i don't know if you've heard about this but F facebook will fuck with you sometimes what? like remember how i don't know if you noticed but like when there was the paris attacks you could change your um your, your profile oh, yeah. picture to the yeah. french flag that turned out to be a facebook experiment to see how many people would change it and how long they would leave it up for it's just like kind of judge people like how long something stays in their minds and yeah that's and creeping all the, me out slightly all these fake holidays that facebook puts up like uh today was like last week was like siblings day it's for them to get information about you right so i could not let this stand like and share if you think only presidents should be on our money because it sounds racist right already for the fact that this person is anti harriet tubman going on there but here's the thing two of these guys aren't fucking presidents. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton and Benjamin Franklin weren't presidents. So if you want to say, like, it's not racist, I just think presidents... Yes, it is. They're not presidents. So... Well, maybe he's campaigning for them to be removed. Well, maybe he is. And so the thing is that I think I was part of an unwitting social experiment, Facebook experiment, because I could not resist not commenting on this. This is something that really bothered me, that if you're going to be a know-it-all... Be, be right. right. That's like my biggest issue with it, really. And then, so as I'm writing this, this response to him says, Hey, dude, I know you might want to say this post isn't just about keeping black people off money, but you should probably check the fact that Hamilton and Franklin were never president. As I was writing this, the A, the S, and the C key weren't working on my computer. Now, I went to another program and typed, they all worked fine. It was so important to me that I leave this comment that I copied and pasted each of those letters into the post in every single spot that it belonged. So how weird. So I really think that this was some sort of Facebook experiment to see like how far I would go to like tell this guy to stop being a fucking racist. Anyway, that was my Wednesday morning racism. Some poker related stuff. So Facebook, it came out uh, this week that so what happens on Facebook, James? Is someone's your friend? 
you get their messages. Yes. If they're not, it goes into another inbox called message request. This is the thing that Steve was talking about last week, where he suddenly discovered this hidden inbox. But now there's a, that one most people knew about. There's another one for oh, wow. even more filtered messages, and it's just kind of gone viral this week. That's right, Ben. I'll show you how to do it. It's kind of gone viral this week where there's another inbox that's filtered. And so I discovered... Great. Uh, more excuses for people to spend more time fucking around on Facebook. Absolutely. And so I got this message from a guy named Lee Barrett, who wrote me a 366-word email uh, message about how he wanted me to come to the uh, like the awards dinner for his pub league, basically. You know, oh, he's bless. got a local... Right, and the thing is, I'm the kind of guy, I might do something like that. If I'm in the UK and I'm free and it's convenient enough, I would probably go do it because I think it's a cool thing to and do. And you know people will buy you free drinks all evening. Yeah, exactly, and I get to look like a good guy. Trust me, it, it's not all... It's not, like, completely philanthropic. So, um... <laughs> Shocker. So I did, but the thing is, it was in this hidden inbox, so I didn't get it till about three days beforehand, and I was flying in that day. So I yeah. said, look, I'm, I'm landing that day at 3 p.m. I'll never make it. Um, at which point, he writes back and says, hi, I really appreciate you getting back to me, even if you can't make it. Uh, and then basically, he sent me an email asking me if I would record a video for him. Now, I've done this for other people's yep. pub leagues and for different, you know, charity things. Just like a piece of camera shot with your iPhone. Yeah, exactly. That's and I was enough. like thinking as I'm reading, I'm like, oh, this is fine. But at which point he want, he's asked me to do the entire presentation of all the awards in On this video. video. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, nah. Sorry, man. I just can't do it. That that email was 317 words. So I wrote to him. I said, I've seen things like this work. I would work on shortening your pitch. Maybe then you'll get your video. He said, Stapes, you're a legend. I said, give me... I, I, what I said to him was, um, send me back a one paragraph thing of what information you want me to include in this. Sure, the name of your league. Realistically, you should be, the video is going to be like 90 seconds or something. Yeah. So you just want like the top line info that you can do in a very short presentation right so he says stapes you're a legend leave it with me and i'll get back to you asap i appreciate your words of wisdom at which point he responded to me with a 460 word email containing the information i asked him to include in one paragraph to be fair it may have been nearly 500 words was it in a single paragraph it was not in a single ah, okay. like look, in which case that is epic fail. one two three four five and like <laughs> descriptions again of like the you see this is but this is where you know there are obviously many differences between us this is the point where i'm like if you can't follow simple instructions i'm out but i guarantee you still went the extra mile and did the I video did. right i said this no i said this isn't exactly a shortened pitch this email is in fact longer then yes. the last one you sent me, he finally sent me one that was 147 words, at which point I recorded a video for this man. Hello, my babies of the Lee Barrett Poker Network. Wow, that is that is quite a name. I don't even know where to begin. The LBPNers with the LBPN boss. It's funny when he His told words. me the name of this uh, group, I thought he said LPPN because the little penis poker network makes a lot more sense anyway your fearless leader asked me to come say hello to you guys in person and i was like mm, sorry unavailable he was like that's okay you can just record a video at home and produce it yourself and just sort of give out all the awards to me thanks that'd be great we're just gonna have to fix this in post so congratulations kate you are most improved player and the runner-up kenny runner-up and league champion... Tozer. Boy, isn't he or she such a luck box? I mean, come on, you. 
Let somebody else win for a change. That is so classic. Tozer. Well, guys, I gotta go. I need to. Um, I need to go watch television. Have fun. So what the problem is that I recorded the video before this guy actually got me the information I needed. So in the video, I'm covering my mouth and then just adding in the names after the fact. Okay, I have I have two two, two observations. Yeah. First of all, this guy's poker club. He has named it after yes, himself. Yes, exactly. It's called the Lee Barrett Poker Network. Exactly. Wow. Yep. Wow. Um, and the other thing is. You went to more effort than I thought you would with that. I did because you know how I do, James. You know that I like I just can't do something normal. People are expecting me to do something funny, so I had to add like a, some gags in there about uh, adding it in post. So I just cover my, my I'm mouth. I'm assuming with my you hand. kept this uh, on the DL from your manager because he'd be like, "You need to be charging a thousand dollars for this video." Yeah, my manager wouldn't be none too pleased if he knew I was doing this stuff uh, for what? What do you go gratis? Gratis. Gratis. Indeed. Look, uh, so. I had, I've got so many great anecdotes I wanted to share with you, James, over the, the last week since our last show. First of all, did I explain that the reason I stayed last week is I pretended it was for the London Cup, but it was actually to have a date, like yes, a second date with someone, and the girl ghosted me? Yes, absolutely. Well, the thing uh, is... Not just one, two girls. Two girls ghosted, ghosted me. So, um, but one in particular was I was, and we've been talking for weeks about, about this date, and I just found out how much that cost me now because the show... When I come over here, work takes care of my travel expenses. But because I was staying extra, I got to pick that up. And uh, Nina, the production manager, sent me the bill. 600 pounds. Hotels in London are not cheap. That's what that's what staying those extra days How many just days cost did you me stay? Just five extra days. So that's really... You've yeah. got a really good rate. Well, the room I stay in is, you know, small. It's, it doesn't matter. London hotels. Yeah. If you're paying, what, 120 a night? That's amazing. Yeah. So... So anyway, that's what it cost me to get ghosted. Um, I did some stand-up two nights ago, and I did that place down in South London, the Cavendish Arms, where it's a um, where it's a competition. And I ended up winning the competition. And I just wanted you, you and Francine, to know I did that Hillary Clinton bit that you guys were like, Mm-mm, "Don't do that. That's like hacky and and sexist." Killed. No. Killed with it. Never, never overestimate the public. I think is well, the I think, uh, is the lesson. Here. I honestly think too that when I pitch it to you guys, it's not the best setting to pitch it. You know what I mean? It's like different being in a comedy club and hearing it up on stage when I'm like standing in the office, like trying to do some misogyny. Um, and here's the most interesting thing, though. Another one of those Facebook messages that got hidden was from a poker player you may remember, James, named Lucille Kai. Second in the grand final in season eight. Yeah. And Lucille basically was like, hey, I, you know, some friends, some mutual. Basically, Lucille started she's doing stand up. She's on the stand up circuit. Right. right she now. started doing stand up. And she's like, look, a lot of people have said we'd probably get along. And I've, I've seen some of your work. And I think you're, you're really funny. Like, let's, let's get together and talk stand up. So. Lucy and I have been have been uh, writing back and forth, and she was my plus one for uh, for the comedy show. And I don't think I would have won without her because she was cheering very. It's like by applause the, right. the competition, so she was cheering really loud for me. So I just wanted to say thanks to Lucille for coming out. And Lucille's got uh, like a one woman show she's doing in Edinburgh this year. Like she's been doing stand up for like a day, and she's already got a show at Edinburgh, which I'm like fucking jealous about. But also I, her story is very interesting. Um. And I think I'll leave you guys to that to find out more about that. I would not want to spoil her story. But sure. 
I have a quick question about these comedy competitions which are judged on applause. Has anyone tried to cheat in one of those by bringing in a huge boombox with recorded applause? <laughs> they have not. I've not seen that, no. Um, but people do bring like large groups of friends sometimes. Right. And I will say it's relatively arbitrary. I actually didn't even feel like I did the best that night out of anyone, uh, of everyone, I should say. Two girls went on and it was both of their first times ever. And one of them was fabulous. One of them was really, really good. So I actually felt kind of guilty winning but i'll take it i'll take the little plastic trophy uh, did you hear about the prince death obviously prince the you, artist you, yeah if you mean if you went the death of prince the yes prince obviously death. i'm aware that prince died yeah prince died so there's this woman um who is a a, a huge uh, fan and supporter of mine has uh, come out to my shows in new jersey and is always on my facebook and my twitter and she has a sister who's gorgeous and i occasionally you know how i do on facebook will like be like hey what's up with your sister i'll just like kind of joke around about how hot her sister is turns out joke in inverted commas turns out her sister used to be married to prince like the one that they had the child with wow is this woman's sister yeah so i mean i'm, I'm condolences obviously because it's a very painful yeah. moment for them but i just thought it was interesting that i've been hitting on prince's ex-wife that for is... the last I don't know. For the last year or so, I came this close to getting rejected by Prince's ex-wife. It explains why I have no shot with her whatsoever. Uh, quick story from Jesse. Jesse, my old roommate. Jesse was desperate to have a poker game uh, when we were living together. He always wanted to have a game. And I was like, dude, if you have a game, it's fine. I'll play in it. But like, I can't. I just am too busy to organize it. Like, I just don't care enough. Jesse, <laughs> after I moved out, Jesse's been forced to move back in with his parents. And, but he found like a local free bar poker league in New Jersey and uh, he's really happy and he said it's all like old people he's playing with. It's like, and he said, always uh, see a flop. Yeah, guys like that. And he goes, the man, to, he's, these are I am's from Jesse. The man to my left told his wife he knew me. And it turns out he watches everything on the internet and knew you and me from our scoop replay. Wow, that is bizarre. He was like 90. He talked my ear off. He said he was staked in a 1K, 2K million dollar buy-in game years ago with Doyle and Todd Brunson. But he also limp over called a three bet with pocket threes. <laughs> <laughs> They're all so old and fat. I'm hoping one adds me to their will. I probably shouldn't have read that part. Sorry, Jesse. So um, finally, I got to tell you about my flight over here. So I'm... I'm uh, I'm in the car. My best friend Sam is driving me to the airport, and um, I like to be comfortable when I fly. Now, I decided when I moved to LA that I was going to dress nice all the time because I like started dressing nice just like on a regular everyday thing. And I was like, "This is nice. It's nice, yeah. like looking good, feeling good." What is it looking? Billy Ray. I can never remember the. Other. It doesn't matter. Um, so I, I, I've been dressing nice, but when I fly, I'm like on the plane for like 10 and a half hours. I'm in the lounge for three, usually before that. It's, it's a long flight. Right. And so I was wearing this baggy red t-shirt that said, uh, welcome to sunny Fargo cargo shorts, which I guess are out now. I didn't even realize like, apparently it's like a giant joke, like these check baggy cargo shorts. And my, my best friend looks at me in the car. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you dressed like an idiot? Like, what if you meet a girl on the plane? And I was like. No, nah, that never happens. Like it just, and ironically, there was an unbelievably attractive woman on the plane a couple rows behind me, but we didn't interact at all. I'm I'm with you, by the way. I think comfort is so important on long haul flights, and it goes over everything. Else. Yeah, I had a hat on, and it just like it, it just gives a shit. Yeah. Well, let's later on in the story. First thing though, I get on the plane, and there are these really, and I I'm not a racist person 
but these really obnoxious English people sitting next to me. And I'm not oh, talking no, about no, the color of their that's, skin. That's, that's, that's not being racist. That's just a statement of fact. There are plenty of obnoxious people in this country as well as in yours. Yeah, of course. But like, it's just, you notice it when it's some, you know, someone else. And so there, this woman is sitting next to me and her boyfriend is sitting behind her and they're being really obnoxious. And all of a sudden, I'm like not paying attention. But all of a sudden, I look over and the girl next to me is crying. She's like crying. And I'm like, I know what's going on here. They're angling to sit together. Right. And so I was like, I'm not doing it. Like, I, she had a middle seat. I have an aisle seat. Like, I'm sorry, but like, I'm not doing it. You're going to survive. Like, book your flight fucking sooner or whatever it is. Never give up the aisle seat. I, I mean, I would in some situations, but this is like, she's just being bratty. Some real nice Eastern European guy sitting behind me does give up the seat for her. And the tears stop immediately. Like, it was just such a fucking play. And I knew, like, I could just tell they were assholes because when I, and, and like, you know, when you suspect and then, like, story checks out, I go to the bathroom and I come back and the fucking dude's foot is in between my seat and the, and the Eastern European guy's seat is switched with me. It's, like, right in there. Like, what the fuck? What kind of fucking asshole do you have to be to take your fucking dirty, barefoot, your dirty, smelly, barefoot and stick it in someone else's now, seat? Go I, fuck yourself. I know the airlines frown on you these days for trying to bring sharp implements on the plane, <laughs> but did you have anything, even a biro, that you yeah, could you know what I did? I jab into the sole of his foot? I sat down and fucking sat my seat up. Nice. Not at like an inhumanly possible speed, but like slowly and gently and to say like, get your fucking foot out of my seat, you You see, I would not be satisfied unless you actually heard something snap. So there was another guy on the plane that was so obnoxiously loud, one of these guys from like Newcastle or something, that I could hear him. It was like the middle of the night, right? The flight leaves at 10 o'clock at night, so everyone's sleeping. He's so loud, I can hear him over my noise-canceling headphones. And someone was also ripping ass. The entire time on the oh, flight. Oh, come on. It was just fart after fart after fart. And I know it was either the guy behind me or this obnoxious Newcastle dude uh, in the seat in front of me. What is your farting on the plane policy? Because here's mine. Here's mine. I don't really have one. Because, no, you get like, you get, it's uncomfortable, right? So what oh, I do yeah, because your, your colon is getting yeah, your, kind of. Your guts, you're, they're all up in your guts. So what I do is I fart once and if it smells, that's it. Like, no more. I don't really think I've ever taken the time to think about but if like i this. fart and it doesn't smell it's you... fucking fair game i'm just gonna let rip the entire flight okay and which side do you lean to when you fart on the plane do you go i think i lean left but that was where the aisle was so maybe i'm just leaning toward the aisle you Again, don't have a plane farting policy funny enough no i have a lot of important things to worry about in my life farting on planes isn't one of them so you haven't really said though whether or not you do it you do it come on Everyone does it. But ah, I don't really... That's right. Everyone does it. Okay, fine. That's admission enough. So finally, last but thing. Trust I... me, most people don't have a policy. Do you have this actually written down in like point A, point B, point C? I should one? write a book one day about like the Stapes Code of Ethics because I'm an ethical person. The Book of Joe. The Book of Joe. That's right. This will be another chapter in the Book of Joe, my airplane fart policy. So finally, to bring it back to how I'm dressed. So... I don't even want to tell people this, but for some reason with my new travel card that I have, I get to go to the preferred border, like the upper class border check thing. Well, that's fine. And that's what you paid for, right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, but I never could do it before. But now for some reason, when I show this certain card that I have, they're like, right this way, sir. So I'm in line and I think everyone's going to, all the nerds here are going to appreciate this. I'm in line and I see this tall 
good-looking black guy, and he's wearing a jumper, and it's a really, really nice Captain America Civil War jumper. And I'm like, this dude is somebody. This is not like a this is this is like a thing that only like cast and crew get. And I look, and he's talking to a woman at the front of the line, and she's really pretty, but dressed down. And I'm like, that's Elizabeth Olsen. He's talking to Elizabeth Olsen wow. in the front of the line. And I'm like, who the fuck else is on this flight? And I turn around right behind me, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> the entire it, cast. Like pretty much. I, like, Civil War. Yeah, on your like flight. the producers were on my flight. And I'm like, I look like a fucking asshole right now. Like, just Not like they're going to pick the next Avenger based on like who they find in line at the border. But you would hope as a guy who like lives in LA and has like somewhat aspirations, like maybe being in a movie one day, I wouldn't look like a fucking penis as I get off this flight. So I can't even like, I'm like, can't, I can't even make eye contact with them. I'm like looking down at the ground, but like, yeah, there was like a couple of producers and like half the cast, of the Avengers was on my flight and I look like an idiot. I can say with some certainty that how you were dressed in the queue at the border at Heathrow airport is not going to impact on your chances of appearing in a Marvel movie. Let's just leave you it You think that. it's zero no matter what? I think it was already, you know, that, that when we, on our graphics, when we have less than 1%, yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was that beforehand, and it's still at that. Look, level. if I looked like fucking Bob, if I just was looking like the money, it could have gone to like a percent. No, <laughs> you really think somebody's gonna see that guy in the line? I like his shirt. Put him in Iron Man that, Four. That's how it happens. Look, that fucking Downey Jr. He's out. He's out. They're look. They're looking. For, look, come on, <laughs> come on. Look at. It. <laughs> Look at this face. Okay, you know what? I'm Even done. you can't keep a straight I'm, face I'm on that being, one. I'm done being laughed at. TV recap. So viewers in the UK and Ireland will have already seen this show on Channel 4. It's now available to the rest of the world via Pokestars.tv. It is, to use your terminology, Joe, as you know you're very keen on doing, S12E2. Correct. The second episode of Season 12 of the EPT. Another final table, the final table of the mortar leg of this season of the tour. A tournament that was taken down by EPT regular Neil Farrell, who I'm very pleased to say joins us on the line from Monaco. Hello, Neil. Hey, how's it going, guys? You guys, I had it DVR'd. I had it recorded. I didn't, I didn't want to know that Neil won. Yes, because even though you did the live stream, yes. you did the winner's interview, uh -huh. recorded the commentary for the TV show two weeks ago, it is perfectly plausible that you've wiped all that from your memory and don't know who won this tournament. Neil Farrell doesn't know what he had for breakfast yesterday. I think I'm allowed to forget something that happened months ago and also again two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Neil, being in Monaco, being there for the grand final, I'm assuming you haven't had a chance to actually see the condensed form of your final table performance yet. I haven't, actually. No, I mean, uh, my, my mom says she's going to Sky Plus it for me, so I guess I'll see it when I'm back at home in like three months. I don't want to ruin the experience for you, but let me just give you a quick overview. You have aces, ace-king, aces, ace-king. Oh, and then there's one hand, which is in a flashback scene where you crack queens with 10-9. That sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> Neil, um, you said that... Uh, shit, I forgot I was going to ask him. What the hell? God damn it. I had something very important. Oh, it was an apology. That's why. I'm going to send Neil a basket of apology kittens right now. Right out of the way. Right out of the gate. Neil, I just have to say, I'm sorry I always have to do the ginger references and like make a joke about it. Look, to be honest, like I don't have a lot to go on. I'm not very talented. I don't even find him that funny. <laughs> And so it's just the only thing that's right there. It's a layup. And I just want to say you've been cool about it. And I'm sorry that I don't have more talent. 
to come up with something more clever. Hey, that's quite all right. I'd happily take a box of kittens in exchange for that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Neil, before we get into the nuts and bolts of this final table and uh, the TV show that everyone can now see, um, there was a strange bit of foreshadowing at the end of last week's show where obviously John Juanda was presented with his trophy and you were there on the rail, obviously supporting uh, Steve Warburton, who was the runner-up. And as Joe is doing the winner's interview with John Juanda, as he is presented with the trophy, you are stood right behind Juanda. It almost looks like (laughs) your head is peering over his shoulder and it's almost like you're there waiting in the wings to step into his position to claim your trophy two months later. Wow, that's pretty awesome, actually. I guess that's you know what you get when you get the Game of Thrones guys in to do the, the EPT live streams, shadowing you know, <laughs> and stuff. Um, obviously, let's talk about this final table then. And I mentioned that flashback hand. Um, it happened on the penultimate day, and obviously we're just showing the final table, but we gave people an idea of what it took for you to get to that final table, which was getting lucky and i think it's fair to say that you know you were very honest and and no one's taking anything away from you as an actual player but you did run extremely well during the latter stages of this tournament yeah for sure i mean the 10-9 was very important um obviously uh although i mean you can look at it i mean i like to look at it as it was unlucky he had a hand so uh, (laughs) that's a great way of looking at it yeah exactly um it's actually not a hand i should be doing that with but sometimes i just you know i I mean, I always say this to people because I get a lot of stick for it. But like, I remember in Barcelona, I made the ex- uh, when I got fifteenth, I made the exact same play with twenty left with Queen Jack suited. It was the exact same situation where I actually opened from early position and it went three bet, cold four bet, and I shoved and they both folded. No one talks about that hand because they both folded, you know. Um. <laughs> well, actually, that's that's what I wanted to ask is that we happen to catch this on camera, right? How often are you doing this and it's not on camera? How often are you doing it and getting caught? And how often are you doing it and get away, getting away with it? Um, it's not, I mean, like, five betting over, like, a cold four bet's not a very high frequency occurrence. But um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that, like, doesn't get shown down. So it's like, you only ever get caught when, you only ever get shown when you get caught. <laughs> so it's like, no one really cares when it goes, like, you know, if you three bet, five bet, Ace five suited and they bo- and like they f- it fold like snap folds it never really gets shown so it's kind of a an occupational hazard that it tends to only get shown whenever you, you you put it into something good. So you're saying it's not a true representation of like how often it happens. We're seeing it nearly a hundred percent of the time, is what you're saying? Yeah, basically, yeah. I mean, there's forever like it, that particular ten nine suited hands maybe not the best. Like looking back, I was just very I was just at the time very sure that. They, they uh, were both going to be having pretty wide ranges in that spot to come after me. So I just, if, I'm nothing if not confident in my reads. So I just went for it. But yeah. Now, Neil, one of the things that we've noticed throughout this season is we have been running extremely well with the final tables we've been getting in terms of familiar faces, good players, good, good stories. And talking about the lineup here, you came into the final six, I think, second in chips. It was Alan Bielich, a player who we weren't really familiar with, who came in as the chip leader. But I think you worked out who this guy was. I think Ludovic Gailic referenced the fact that you'd played against this guy online. I assume that he's well known as an online beast. Yeah, he's um, a, a strong MTTer from uh, Bosnia's Lilacha. He is online. I played with him for the, the last like three or four years. Um, I'd also played with him in Vegas as well um, the previous year. 
so I knew like and I like just from online and playing with him, I knew he was pretty good and stuff. But um, so it was like I mean the final table was super tough. I think it was probably the toughest final since that crazy grand final. That would final. explain why you won it in two and a half hours. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It but was, if it was the hardest one, I would only want it in like three hours. You know, <laughs> it was ridiculously fast. Something that doesn't get conveyed necessarily in a TV yeah, show. Yeah, a TV is, show. If the final table takes twelve hours or it takes two and a half hours, it's still over in forty-eight minutes. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> But one of the things that we love to see uh, during the first level, because let's be honest, it only took, I think, 90 minutes to get down to heads up, was the uh, Italian player, Spampanato, and how excited he was to just be laddering up as these car crash carnages were occurring. And he's sitting there with like seven big blinds going, yes, that's another 100K. (laughs) Neil, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I mean, you haven't seen a TV show yet, but I kind of call you out for the fact that you end up busting like two players and then you look over at Spampanato and you're like, first round of beers are on you. You have like all of the chips and this dude's probably going to finish like fourth at best and you're telling him he owes you drinks. Uh, I actually, I'm Facebook friends with him now and he actually, um, I, I put a status up saying I was going to Monaco a couple days ago and he reminded me that he owes me a couple beers so I think I've picked a good place to collect. <laughs> what um, a stand-up guy. Wait, yeah, didn't you just say that on your Twitter, by the way, that like I'm going to these three cities and you guys pick up the tab in Monaco and I'll get the other two? That's pretty slick of you. Yeah, you know, because it looks like it looks more generous if you're buying in two cities, but, you know... You're not fooling anybody, buddy. <laughs> so Bielich seemed really cool uh, during the Heads Up. Um, and I actually, I like the dude because he came to me and apologized for his countrymen because where's he from? Um, Bosnia. Bosnia. And like, even yeah. if you just say the word Bosnia on the stream, Bosnians tend to get really upset. They're like, what are you saying about us? And Beal's just like, Hey man, don't worry about it. Everyone's cool. We're all cool. It was the first time that he said that he was first time playing live heads up. Did that put more pressure on you? Like, did you feel more of an expectation to win and to beat him? No, not really. Um, I just, I mean, I know he actually used to play heads up sit and goes online um so he's he comes from a heads up background and also i know he's a good player so there wasn't really any extra pressure on me um i've actually over the last year been um playing a lot of heads up cash on your sites trying to get better at that specific part of my game um so i was like fairly confident coming in um i think i mean even if you're crushing someone if it's any other like young kid professional poker player even the biggest edge means you're going to win maybe like six or seven percent of the time sure. more than so like making a deal was pretty was pretty smart in that case even if you have like the full seven percent because you know you don't get to play for that amount of money every day but i wasn't i wasn't like feeling any extra pressure i mean i'm i'm fairly confident in my game and i knew he'd be tough but i knew i'd be tough as well and it was just let's let's see how it goes kind of thing Another tough player at the final table, Sam Greenwood, who I think was the first player out. He went early doors. And someone I feel really sorry for, Rainer Kemper. This guy qualified (laughs) for back-to-back EPTs, made the final six in back-to-back EPTs, including the biggest ever field we've ever seen on the tour. And we hardly get to know him in these TV shows. Uh, I wouldn't feel too sorry for him. He's got all the money anyway um <laughs> i actually shared a cab with him from the airport yesterday and um, i i seen him in florida and stuff i actually know him decently well now hey i wouldn't 
he's uh, very, very talented and he's been heating pretty hard. So I wouldn't feel too sorry for him. <laughs> I guess that's the key question. It depends on the personality because, you know, we know from the work that we do in covering poker tournaments online and on TV, there are some people who enjoy being part of the media circus and some who are just like, nope, I just want to play poker. I want to make money. And I hate the fact the cameras are there. Um, which side of the fence do you fall down on, Neil? Do you, do you enjoy the attention or would you rather you could just get on with it? Uh, I quite, I, I don't, I wouldn't say like I enjoy the attention. I like, I'm very kind of social anyway. So like a lot of like, I meet a lot of good people who happen to be in the media and, you know, I hang out with them when I'm at these stops and things like that. Um, so it's kind of, and then like when you get to know, when you hang out with these people, like you have people like, Sarah Grant, for example, she she'll like message me saying, "Look, I really need someone for this piece, and no one wants to do it. Can you come and do it?" I'm like, "Okay, that's oh, fine. good to know that you're at the bottom of a reserve list." Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm the, like the go-to guy for all of the the kind of like the dregs of the the media pieces. But uh, I mean, that's one way of looking at it. But what the way I look at it, Neil, is like from looking at your social media, is you seem to be one of those guys who's actually having a lot of fun on tour. Like, I think, look, sorry, there's a lot of miserable fucking poker players out there who just, like, don't understand how good they have it, and you seem to be one of those guys that really does. Your Twitter uh, has been on fire lately. That is not a ginger reference this time, although I guess I just made it one. Um, Like, you're just so fucking funny and having a blast out there. Um, I have a couple of questions I want to ask you about your Twitter account. You said recently that you got angled by an old man at the table? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was in a two hundred dollar turbo in Florida. I'd literally spent like I'd bricked the twenty five k, I'd bricked the ten k, um, I'd bricked the main event twice. So like I had like five hundred dollars left. Like so I played the two hundred fifty dollar turbo because I had, I was getting kicked out of my hotel and I had like three hours to spare. And yeah, I played it and uh, he got me really good actually. Um, so afterwards, like I kind of like laughed. And he asked me what I was laughing at, and I just ran around the table and gave him a high five because uh, it was a really good angle, actually. Uh, he, like he, he got me like hook, line, and sinker. It was I wasn't even expecting it at all. Well, and tell so, us, come on, don't leave us in suspense. What did he do? Okay, okay. I uh, I raised blind versus blind with aces, and he called with deuce four of clubs, and the flop came ten deuce deuce, and he checks out a turn on the flop. <laughs> <laughs> So he got me perfectly. So I was like, oh crap, he's got nothing. So I checked. And then he like has to check, obviously. And then uh, I just like check. He like over about the pot twice. And I just like check called and then like check shoved the, <laughs> check, shoved the river. And he just was like, call. And I'm like, wow, okay. You, you got me pretty good there. Friends. I can see that you obviously have some respect for this that you got played big time. But how do you feel about it? Like, uh, like, you're laughing about it now, but do you think that that's shady, or you think that's like fair dues? I think I think he was probably doing it to be. I think he's probably a kind of like an old school poker player who's like going to take advantages. So he's probably pretty shady in general. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, normal and it's like I wasn't expecting it in like a two hundred fifty turbo or whatever. So it didn't really matter. Like. If it was like, in fact, I'm not going to name names, but if it was ex-poker player like deep in a 10K or something, you're generally going to be expecting it more so you can look out for it and things like that. So it's just, I don't I don't really care about it. It's just another part of the game, I think. Like, cool. I like I that. Don't, I don't, you know, it's like, it's another thing to figure out, you know, whatever. Next thing I got to ask you about a bit of controversy, Neil, what is going on with this breakfast debate? Oh man, this was, I was, 
I was losing my mind in Florida. I, was, I put out a tweet asking, you know, if you eat, if you wake up at like 3 p.m. and eat a burger and fries, I even Americanized it to make people, you know, not to buy, make it biased. Um, what meal is that? Is it breakfast, lunch, or dinner? And it's clearly not dinner. I don't know. Like I got seven percent troll votes or something that put dinner. It was like 50-50 on breakfast and lunch. When it's clearly breakfast, people I mean you break your fast. That's what it means. That's what it is. That's what words mean. But um, I was having like even my friends were saying things like, "What kind of food are you eating?" It's like, well, it doesn't make a difference. Like, come on. Like, it was get. I don't know. I mean, I, it was a very slow day. I was, you know, sometimes I have to fill my days with things like this. Well, that I t- was one of those. I tend to side with you on this one, Neil, because if you woke up at seven in the morning and had burger and fries, that would still be breakfast. It would still exactly. be wrong. Wait, what? You think it's based on what time of day you eat? I think waking up and having a burger and fries is a bit weird. Oh, you mean like the the, the food is wrong, yes. not the title of no, it. No, no, no. It's the actual food consumed. That you know I'm that makes no sense whatsoever, right? Like food is food. Like it's just arbitrary what we've decided is breakfast food and what isn't. I think it's just psychologically and physically I can't face something that heavy when I've first woken up, regardless of what time of day it is. I don't know. It's no more, it's no more or less heavy than pancakes, right, Neil? Yeah, but I wouldn't eat pancakes for breakfast either. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, I'm not a pancake guy for breakfast either. We're more, I think the UK is more of a pancakes are kind of a dessert thing. Neil, are you like me in that when you get a tweet that does really well, like you kind of love it? Like, because your tweet this week of, uh, think my favorite part of poker is when someone bets River gets called, then no one shows their hand for 112 minutes. That got some heat this week. That got some RTs, buddy. Yeah, it went, it went kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny to watch. I actually, the, the main thing I get out of it is uh, my friend uh, Gags, Michael Gagano, is like, he he gets really tilted, like, if one of my tweets does really well for some reason. Like, he's, <laughs> he's like sitting there going, it's not even that funny. Like, it's a recycled bullshit joke. I'm like, yeah, but it's the delivery, Michael. You know, that's how, that's why you said it two years ago and got seven retweets. And I have <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the number 112 minutes was perfect. I don't think there was a better number you could have picked. Exactly. It's a phonetic, you know, there's a lot of stuff to comedy, you know, it's just not, you know, it's it's science. You know this, Joe, come on. Now, while we're talking about Neil's tweets, there's something I want to ask about, because yeah. a few weeks ago we had uh, your fellow countryman Ludovic Guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Ludo, oh, okay. Ludo was talking about his deep run in the uh, EPT 11 grand final. He was talking about the fact that he was out in the States and was missing some of the action back home in Glasgow. And that brought us on to your tweet that Marty McCormick had challenged you to, I believe, a 10K heads up battle. We need to know if that happened, Neil. <laughs> Unfortunately, it did not happen. Yeah, um, we, basically, I was in, I was basically just hanging out and having a few drinks in the casino and uh he came over to me. I was, I was playing like a $30 tournament with some friends and just having some drinks. And uh, he came over and he was like, he was like, Neil, Neil, me and you later on, 10K, heads up. And I was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, basically, I, I I stopped drinking for like 30 minutes to see to, in case it's going to go ahead. <laughs> a whole 30 minutes? I mean, that is all the prep you need to play a 10K heads up match. Just quit <laughs> drinking for 30 um, fucking minutes. I actually ended up I went on break and I like after 30 minutes, you know, once you've had a few drinks, 30 minutes not drinking is a long time. So I went and had another drink. <laughs> uh, he didn't want to. He didn't want to. He had to like, like s- s- soothe the come down. You know what I mean? You can't just stop cold turkey. Yeah, I needed. Yeah, exactly. I needed like some kind of, you know, some placebo or something, just like <laughs> a beer. You know, 
Um, and the, the long, long story short is um, I actually got really drunk and got thrown out of the casino that night. <laughs> Wait, how drunk do you have to be to get thrown out of a casino in Scotland? I was going to say, is this the Aaliyah in Glasgow? It is, yeah. I have played in that casino, Neil, and I would say a good 70 to 80% of the clientele can barely stand up they've been drinking so much. So you must really have been bladdered to have been thrown out. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, my friend said it was a, a dramatic miscarriage of judgment, of justice, but... Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember, so I'll just have to take their word for it. Oh, man. I have one last question to ask you about the Malta final table, actually, Neil, because the, the name Ludovic Gilek reminded me. He was one of the few people on your rail. What the hell was going on? This was a Brit at a final table about to win an EPT. We just saw, you know, a few months ago, uh, Steve Warburton had the entire poker community railing him. Warburton. Tom Middleton had drunk so much he could hardly stand up anymore. And you had, you know, a, a few random people providing golf applause. Um, and then it was over. Yeah, it was um, a, it was a mixture of two things. There weren't, there wasn't, by the end of Malta, there weren't that many UK people actually left in Malta. Um, because a lot of the guys who had busted and stuff had went home. And also... Selfish bastards. Yeah, I know, right? How did you not know I was going to win? Um, and also the timing of it. We were finished by like 4 or 5 p.m. or something. Like, And when I, like, I was on Warburton's rail, obviously, and I didn't arrive on his rail till like 5. <laughs> but obviously they still had much more play in uh, Barca then. So like, um, I was finished like the, before I'd arrived. On, like I'd finished Malta in the same time that I'd before I'd arrived on Steve's rail and was there for like four or five hours. So it was a mix of both because, like, Jake was meant to come down, but he was still in his bed and stuff. But and I, I just messaged him saying, "Yeah, I won." <laughs> and then, we went, then we went out. When but the when the rail was a little thin at that point, did you care? Did you wish your friends had been there? Is it kind of like when your parents don't show up in time for your soccer game? Like, <laughs> um, I, I would have preferred like a, a bigger rail and stuff. But like, I like to think like this is what I was saying. Like, um, I think I saw like a comment saying, "Oh, the rail was a bit quieter than last week," and I just wanted to put. Well, I can't win the tournament and be on the rail at the same time. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, how how can the rail be that great if Neil's at the fucking table? Exactly. Like, I can't do both <laughs> things at once, you know? Like, you need to give me a break here. That's a good point, Neil. Before we cut you loose, do you want to play a game? We're going to play a game called Neil Nail Nile. Okay. <laughs> and for every question you get right, I'm going to give $5 to charity. Are you cool with that? Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. All right, here we go. Neil Nail Nile. After being eliminated on X Factor, this sexy chance became the fifth member of the band One Direction. Uh, Niall. Can you give me a last name? Uh, uh Horan. Yeah, got uh, it. Wow, you're you're already you're already crushing Steve Warburton. Warburton, <laughs> uh, director of the movie District Nine and the upcoming Aliens sequel. Um. Yeah, I'm not gonna get this. I'll, I'll, I'll give you half credit for, for Neil, Nail, or Nile. Okay, I'll go with Neil. Neil is correct. <laughs> the first of the five stages of grief. Denial. Correct. Wow. Two and a half for three. Question four. Former NBA basketball player and star of the movie Shazam. Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal is correct. 
Question five. Hyperbolic metaphor used to describe something particularly suspenseful or exciting. Nailbiter. Nailbiter! Got it! <laughs> this is going to cost you a fortune. <laughs> what is it that General Zod would like you to do? Kneel before Zod. Kneel before <laughs> Zod! He's crushing it. Five and a half out of six. Question seven. This kind of person believes that all values are baseless and that nothing can be known or communicated. We still, what's oh. first? <laughs> this kind of this kind of person believes that all values are baseless and that nothing can be known or oh. communicated. Nihilist. A nihilist is correct. How many more are there? Three more. Ten questions total. This can be found at the center of what's known as the cradle of civilization. River Nile. Correct. The Nile River. <laughs> Seven and a half, right. This band wants to fuck you like an animal. Oh, I know this song as well, but I can't think of the band. I'll let, I'll... You're going to save me $5 here? Yeah. That would be Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Last question. Sequel to the movie Mortal Kombat. Wasn't it called Mortal Kombat 2? Yeah, that's what I thought. It was <laughs> called Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Neil, oh, Nail, right. Nile, you nailed it. You really <laughs> nailed this quiz. I, I make the score seven and a half to two and a half. So that's seven and a half times five dollars. I'm going to make it eight times five dollars, forty dollars to uh, whatever there's the current charity du jour on Poker Stars, where I can make an easy donation out of my account. Neil Farrell, thanks a lot for being on the show, buddy. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. And um, we'll be in town in a few days, so I'm sure we'll see you at uh, Le Sporting for the EPT12 Grand Final. Indeed. See you there. Well, let's talk in detail about Monaco right now, because we did say that this will be the preview show for the EPT12 Grand Final. Uh, and Joe, we can actually premiere the music that people are going to become very familiar with over the next 10 days. This has been selected as the theme to Monaco 2016. So chances are you're going to get very used to this music because you're going to hear it during the opening sequence to the live stream every single day. This sounds like the music that would be in like a trailer for like the new Martin Scorsese show on HBO. Like a bunch of people like closing doors and walking out of rooms and probably doing drugs. I think you can probably tell from the music that it's quite a fast cut opening sequence yeah. and obviously like most of the tracks that we use it works much better when you combine it with the images uh, and obviously with this time going with a, an instrumental piece rather than a vocal track that people are going to be bothering us for yeah, weeks yeah nobody's going to have of. to ask us this song nobody's going to give a shit about this <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the EPT12 Grand Final obviously Neil's already there it's already kicked off uh, the 10k high roller event already running uh, we head out towards the end of this week the event we're going to be covering the the three big ones 
there is a 100k super high roller. Uh, that starts on the 28th. That is on Thursday. It runs through until Saturday, and that's the first day of our live stream, the final table of the 100,000 euro buy-in super high roller. So that is cards up, obviously, but it was always going to be cards up. That Correct. would be a typical hour-long delay. Cards up. To- Ooh, dramatic. Dramatic ending. I like that. So, yeah, so that's going to be our first day. Final table. Boom. Straight into that. That will also be turned into a TV show, which you'll get to see later in the year. Second day of the live stream is Sunday, and the event we've chosen for that one is the FPS main event. I think everyone knows by the now. The first person shooter main event. That the EPT always bolts on. Uh, to the local tour, the local festival. Yeah. And in Monaco, that's the France Poker Series. That's got a 1K main event, which starts on the 27th, starts the day we're recording this podcast, runs through until the 1st of May, and it will be on the 1st of May, on the Sunday, that we'll see the final six play down to a champion. And do you remember, Joe, from a couple of years ago, that FPS main event final Super table? Super short, right? It was like two and a half hours. I was sick the day before, and I was like, you know what? I'll just come in. I'm feeling, I slept in a little bit, and I was like, I'll come in to do and then i came in and it was over i was like god damn it i could have just stayed in bed the rest of the day uh taking place the same day as the final table of the fps by the way an event that we won't be able to stream because it will be a long one the single day super high roller this actually premiered in monaco last year this mustafa, is a 50k yeah this is the 50k that mustafa Kanet won last year so that's taking place again another event that won't get any tv time but you'll be able to follow the live updates via the pokestars blog is the 25k high roller how many fucking high rollers they got uh, three. So it was no, four, right? Four, right. There's the single re-entry high roller, which is a 10k. Super high roller, which is a 100k. One day single day super high roller, that's a 50k, and then a 25k. Do you think we're gonna see those rich Chinese billionaires come out? That's what they usually come out from Monaco, right? Yeah, and uh, there'll be a lot of people in the kind of Southern Europe area who will probably just come into town on Sunday to play that single, single day one, event. Right? Yeah. yeah, so you know how they all wear all those uh, Macau boys wear that MBP hat, the millionaire bo- the Macau billionaire poker club or whatever. I have one of those and I brought it. I'm gonna wear that around, see if I get any funny looks. No one's gonna confuse. They're you. gonna put me in the Avengers movie With because someone. they think I'm a Macau billionaire. Bless you. You really are living in fantasy land this week, aren't dude. You? Things happen. Shit like that happens. Look, I've already been fucking lucky to get this job. Like, if I was going to be based on merit or talent, I wouldn't be fucking here to begin with. Of course, the EPT Grand Final main event uh, has two day ones. We kick off our live coverage with day two, and we've got five consecutive days of coverage. And just to recap, we talked about this with Neil Johnson a couple of weeks ago. Cards up. I was waiting for you to react to Neil Johnson. Ah, Johnson. Thank you. Uh, we are going to have five days of Cards Up coverage. Sorry, I wasn't th- thinking about Johnson's for once. On a 30-minute delay. Uh, and yeah, so the live stream for that one will run from the 2nd through to the 6th. I- I've had some time to think about this. I don't want to do the Cards Up thing. I think we should go back. Because now, look, think about it, right? Like, I could get away with not doing analysis for, like, fucking four or five days every time because we didn't know what the cards were. And we get to play really stupid games because it's, like, boring, right? There's, like, not much going on. It's like, okay, raise, tank, fold, tank, 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 fold. Like, nothing's going on. We could, Like, it's, it's going to change things. It will change things, and it will be more serious. It'll be closer to a TV show than a traditional live stream because there'll be whole cards. There will be analysis. But 
I don't want to lose the fun. And yeah, so mind, how are we going to do that? Well, it's we still have competitions on final table days. We still have fun with our guests on final table days. Or we'll just be doing that on the preliminary days. Not every single hand is going to be interesting. And trust me, we've got a competition that's going to run throughout the festival, which has got an amazing prize. And we're going to have daily contests as well to win tournament tickets. So we're still going to have the interactive elements that people know and love about EPT Live. What are you giving me just a tip for with the amazing prize? Come on. No, reveal will be <laughs> on Saturday when you tune in at 2pm Central European time to Pokestars.tv for the final table of the Super High. Oh, Roller. you always win, Hardigan. Uh, so those are the events. What's the Stars Fun? Seven days of live streaming. I'm coming to hashtag Stars Fun right <laughs> now. Uh, we mentioned this last week. There is a sports simulator with soccer, American football, field hockey, golf putting, basketball, and tennis. And <laughs> I am working on us getting into this because I think... You, me, and Broughton need to be in that sports simulator so that we can shoot something on our phones for the InVision version of EPT Not Live. Which yeah, we, we need content. Record while we're out there. Uh, so there's the sports simulator running near the welcome desk um, in the venue. There's the Ideas Hub. And this is something worth mentioning because even if you're not going to be in Monaco, something worth mentioning is that PokerStars want to hear ideas from players. Uh, this sounds like a fucking disaster. <laughs> this so sounds like the worst idea. Here's an idea. Don't take ideas from random people. Well, I'm not saying for one second that every single idea is going to be turned into reality. But if you do have an idea for something that Pokestars should be doing, whether it's a tweak to an existing game or a completely new format, ideas at Pokestars.com is the email address. But qualifiers and players who are going to be in Monaco can also talk to the ideas team at the welcome desk at the venue. I would like to see the pie chart for like what the ideas are that come in. It's going to be like 75% complaints, 1% good ideas. Where are we at? 76%? 20% ideas that are shit, and 4% that are legit, like literal shit. Like someone will take a shit and try to turn it in as an idea. <laughs> All I will say to that is, let's say, for example, 500 emails or 500 people talk to the ideas team. Yeah. Even if only 1% are viable ideas and are worth exploring. That's still five good ideas that could be game-changing, could be industry-changing. Right, and that's 40 different dookies <laughs> that will be <laughs> dropped on the idea desk. Uh, let's continue with hashtag StarsFun. There's a charity event that you and I won't get to play because it's, it's on fine, the same day. because I can't win the prizes anyway. I don't give a shit. It's the same <laughs> day as the Super High Roller final table. That's on Saturday the 30th at 7.30 in the evening. More dealer auditions. Again, too late in the day for us to film these for the podcast. You realize that they are structuring these things deliberately around times that you and I can't do because they don't want to be trolled. No. No, I'm, I'm okay. making that up. But, <laughs> so the seed of doubt in your mind, though, didn't I? <laughs> Uh, interestingly, the player party is at the start of the festival. Normally, we conclude the grand final with the party. Is that when we miss it? Uh, it's on April the 29th. That's on the Friday. That's the day... That's the day I arrive. Yeah, so just before the start of the main event. It's going to be at Jimmy's Nightclub, the Season 12 <sighs> player party, 10pm onwards. And... I was maybe going to not drink during Monaco, but maybe... Because Jimmy's... How can you pass up a chance to go to Jimmy's? So maybe I'd do the player party and then not drink. Joey, I've saved the best till last, by Okay, the way. oh shit, all right. Because again, this is something which is running for pretty much the duration of the festival. Yeah. And we missed it at Malta. 
We missed an opportunity to make something of this in Malta. So let's try and film it for okay. our podcast, Live Spin and Goes. Oh, hell yeah. In the cash game room, they'll be using the Live Spin and Go wheel that they debuted at EPT Malta. So three players in a spin and go, right? You, me, Broughton. Let's do this. Sports simulator. Boom. That's pretty much the podcast done, right? Me, you, Broughton do the uh the three man's live spin and go we chop whatever we win and then the only one who profits is poker stars perfect yeah it's more it's, it's more about the fun of the, <laughs> the game fun. hashtag stars fun uh and yeah so just to recap because for most people the grand final is going to be about the live stream it's about ept live and our seven days of cards up coverage kicks off on saturday the 30th running through to friday the 6th of may check out the start times because they do vary at pokestars.tv the rule of thumb is if it's a final table it's going to start at 2 p.m central european time okay any other day it's going to be 12 30 p.m central european time so does that buy us an extra half hour of sleep now that we have a 30 minute delay no not for me it won't i still have to be there to get shit done and chances are that the production meeting still has to happen before play begins so i'm just going to use that extra 30 minutes to hang out at the ideas desk drop drop some ideas as long as you're only dropping ideas. <laughs> no we, promises. We don't want to make it 41. <laughs> Let's try and send a super fan to an EPT now as we play everyone's favorite trivia game. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. So, Joe, it's not just your good self who's come back to the familiar shores of the United Kingdom this week. Superfan vs. Stapes is doing the same. We have a British superfan on the line, and that means we could potentially be giving away a €27 Step-C ticket once again. We say hello to Christopher Bean. Hello, Christopher. Hello, my daddies. Oh, hello, my baby. Chris Bean, what do you do for a living, my friend? Uh, I work for a payroll company fixing databases, essentially. You fix databases. Yeah. How does a database get broken? Um, by users breaking them, essentially, by doing silly things. Oh, so somebody just comes in and like wants to do their payroll and like mashes the keyboard or puts a, a minus sign in there somewhere. It fucks the whole thing up. You come in and fix it? Pretty much, yeah. Like, but uh, we, we remotely re uh, get onto people's machines from here, so like, we're just the uh, base of the office. And so what do you have to do? Scan like thousands of lines of code to see where somebody fucked up? Um, well, there's that, but also it could be just a thing like they put like a, a apostrophe in somewhere when they're using the comma separated file. Like, I don't want to buy it. But... That's amazing that someone yeah. gets paid an entire living to look for apostrophes. <laughs> <laughs> it's only slightly more inane than my job. <laughs> so, Christopher, what's your poker story? Um, well, I've been playing online for about 12 years. Um, I've been playing live for the last seven years. Uh, played at my local G Casino, uh, and I've cashed a few times. My biggest win is about £1,200. Um, I've played in Las Vegas as well, and I've uh, took a top chop for an Omaha high-low game. So, like, pretty, I'm, I'd say I'm a, just above Sunday League standard. That's cool, man. That's hey, that's normal. That's me. I mean, I'm not even above that. I'm at Sunday League standard. So you're, <laughs> you're probably the best poker player in the room right now. It's interesting you mentioned Las Vegas because that is your specialty subject. 
That's correct. Yes. Yeah, um, I've got I've got some I've got some Las Vegas trivia here, Joe, in in this sealed envelope because you're back in the studio. I've sealed the questions. Well, that's once great. Again. I mean, I've seen every single episode of the show Las Vegas. I'm a huge <laughs> Josh Duhamel fan. A couple weekends ago, totally true story. I met James Lashure at a party. Talk to him for a while. Just to be clear, these are questions about the city Las Vegas, not the Fuck! TV show of the same name. But Joe, you 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 know enough about Vegas. So you spent enough hours, my, days, weeks, years there. I've been to Vegas very infrequently since I started on the European tour. I will say though, from the day I turned twenty one to like my twenty sixth birthday, like in those five years, I probably went to Vegas forty or fifty times. Wow. <laughs> so I've been there. I've been there once or twice. Let's see. Let's see how you fare. Are you ready, Christopher Bean? Let's rock and roll. Superfan versus States. See, our ambition, Christopher, is to put you on your first step of the way towards playing an EPT by winning that Step C ticket. Step C, which, by the way, is not, is way better than Hep C. I just <laughs> I heard from a friend. Thank you, Joseph. So I, I'm keeping it simple this week. And I'm giving you every break possible. I'm addressing both Joe and our superfan. You have got a 50-50 chance because these are true or false oh, questions. Oh, truesy falsies. So these are facts about Las Vegas. Question is, are they hashtag fun facts or hashtag fake facts? Uh, alternatively, you can say true or false. I'm not going to penalize you for semantics. Hashtag so, semantics. There are 12 facts. So... Christopher, I'm going to ask you to pick between 1 and 12. Do you have a tiebreaker? There is a tiebreaker. Nice. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll pick 7. 7 it is because? It's always coming 7. Thank you. The stratosphere is one of the five tallest buildings in the United States of America. True or false? I'll go true. Correct. And you are on the board with a point. <sighs> that would, where, do you know where it ranks of the top five? It is number five. Number five? I knew it would be close. Uh, Joe, would you like one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten, eleven, or twelve? Always look out for number one. That's what I like to say. Las Vegas is home to the largest community of Hawaiians outside of Hawaii. That's false. That is true. Damn it. Would, and do, is there any back? I, I need to know more about these when you say that. I want to know why. I, I guess because it's warm there. Is there a Hawaii-themed casino where they all <laughs> hang out? The Tropicana? So, Chris, you are 1-0 up. And obviously, I, I, I know it's common sense. I know it should be blatantly obvious, but you can't steal when it's a 50-50 question. Um, so, Chris, which number do you want next? 1 and 7 have gone. Uh, 12, please. Fact number 12. Slot machines in Las Vegas outnumber residents of Las Vegas eight to one. I think that's false. It is false. In fact, it's the other way round. There is one slot machine for every eight residents. Nice one, Chris. I probably would have got that wrong. Joe, <laughs> you can pick a number. Number two. <laughs> the average cost of filing for divorce in Las Vegas is $215. True. Incorrect. It's actually $450. It's not as cheap as you might think. It's cheap to get married there. It's still pretty cheap. It's less cheap to get divorced. Hey, guys, why are divorces so expensive? I don't know, Joe. Why are divorces so expensive? Because they're worth it. <laughs> 
Every married guy in this room just pretended not to laugh. Uh, yep. I stifled my laugh. Giles, Ben, they're all... Yeah, they're probably right. Chris, pick a number, please. Uh, six, please. Number six. You're tuning up, by the way. Uh, fact number six. The Bellagio's main tower is symmetrical. I'll go true. Incorrect. It is not a symmetrical tower. There's, there's nothing more to say. Really. You don't know shit about Las Vegas, Chris. <laughs> Everyone knows that the Bellagio's main tower isn't symmetrical. But it's a it's a trick because you look at it and it looks symmetrical. I would have I not, would have said yeah. it is symmetrical. Yeah. You know, by the way, I'm fucking. You know how bad I run at flips. Like this is the worst game ever for me. I got a better <laughs> well, chance of pulling the answers out of the air. I've got a air. good feeling about the next one, Joe. Pick a good number. Come uh, on, number three. Number three. There is a heavy equipment playground in Las Vegas where you can drive bulldozers for fun. False. That is true. It, it exists. It is a thing. How do I not know about this? And why have I never done it? And the thing is, I'm like, man, that sounds really dangerous. How can they let people do this? I'm like, no, you can shoot machine guns. Of course you can drive a fucking bulldozer. You can also shoot rocket launchers. You can in Vegas? I thought yeah. that was just like nope. a fucking Afghanistan nope. thing. There is a place in Vegas where you can fire a rocket launcher. And you know what? It's buy one, get one free this month. I looked into it. Chris! Which uh, number? Like? Number ten. Number ten. Wait, what? Do you know what you blow up with the rocket launcher? I'm assuming a target. Not what kind of target? <laughs> or maybe like some target. Maybe like some wrecked car or something. Oh, that would be awesome. I didn't look into maybe it. Maybe you can blow much. up one of the bulldozers. <laughs> <laughs> Fact number ten: the lion outside the MGM Grand Hotel is the largest bronze sculpture in the United States of America. True. That is true. And you are three 0 up. I don't Come think on, I Joe. can win. Joe, get a point on the board. Come on. I have one. Wait, I have none? You've none. You haven't scored one yet. Flip so bad. You do flip bad. I need a number, by the way. Uh, four. Four. The electric bill cost to operate the Luxor pyramid beam is approximately $50 per hour. False. That is true. <laughs> um, I think a step C ticket's coming your way, Chris, but let's conclude the game. What number would you cool. like? Uh, number 11. Number 11. Las Vegas is home to the world's largest chocolate fountain. I'll go false. It's true. Is it? There is some patisserie somewhere which has it, and it's there been verified by the Guinness Book of Records. There's one in Bellagio. There's a pretty big chocolate fountain. Um, that might be the one, actually. Sorry, I forgot to write down the name of where it is, chocolate fans, but Google. It'll be a nice little chocolate mystery for you. Joey, come on. Salvage some dignity here, dude. <laughs> Go. F five. Five. The statue of a cat was installed at the pinnacle of the Luxor Tower to rid it of a curse. False. That is false. You're yeah, on the board. Yeah, fuck you. Fucking bleep, but I don't care. But get this. Some believe that the tower is cursed and are campaigning for an eye to be installed at the pinnacle of the tower to rid the Luxor of its perceived curse. I got a great story about the Luxor. It's so, you know what, I gotta tell it. Okay, so this one time I'm at the Luxor, right? And I'm in, you know the, the elevators are called the inclinator. Yes, the ones because that goes, they go up. Kind yeah, of. so I'm in the inclinator with, uh, with this really hot blonde chick and a dwarf and the dwarf and the blonde are hooking up like they're going at it hardcore. We end up getting off on the same floor, right? We get off the same floor, 
and the two of them go into the room right next door to me and I can he- I hear them in the room next door I'm wasted right so I'm like falling asleep I hear this I hear one two three uh. one two three uh. one two three uh. coming from the next room and I'm like then I pass out right so the next night I'm down at the at the craps table and the dwarf is there and he's throwing dice and we're having a good time together and so finally like I'm like I kind of know this guy a little I'm gonna ask him I'm like dude you and that blonde chick, you're in the room next door to me. I was like, you guys had some really wild sex. And he was like, sex? I couldn't even get on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's not my joke. That's the Norm MacDonald joke, but it's always remi- the Luxor. Sorry, it's too good of a joke. I couldn't pass it up. Continue with the game. I feel like that should get me a point. Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's still 3-1, and we're into the last round. Eight or nine, Christopher? Uh, eight, please. No one has ever suffered a heart attack while eating at the heart attack grill. That's false. Correct. Someone has actually had oh, a heart that's, attack. Sorry, he said false, and I pressed false, but that was true. Good job, buddy. Yeah, I mean, the fact oh, that correct. if you if you weigh 350 pounds or more, you can eat there for free. I mean, that's basically just guaranteeing death, quite frankly. So someone has had a heart attack. Yeah, at the someone heart. has that's had. That's so sad. <laughs> um, America. Joe, the final I'm question. I'm going to open a restaurant called the Handjob Cafe, I think, at least. <laughs> the final fact. Let's see if you can uh, get two points. Elvis Presley performed more than 1,000 consecutive sold-out shows at the Las Vegas Hilton. True. False. He only made it to 837. These number ones are such bullshit. Like, oh, he played 899 shows. False. It was 901. No, there's there's a big difference in 1,000 and 837. Point being, you lost, all right? You lost 4-1, which means Christopher the Superfan, you're a champion. You get the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt, and you're going to get a Stepsy ticket worth 27 euros. Amazing. Thanks very much, guys. Good job, Chris. I'm glad you won the Stepsy ticket. Uh, great. I, uh, I'll keep you. T- I'll keep you updated if I make it up the steps. Cool, that man. Is, that is true. Actually, we never ask superfans to let us know how they got on in the satellite. I'm sure they'd let us know. Yes. Well, best of luck to you, Chris, and thank you for coming on the show. No problem. Thanks so much, guys. All right, guys, that is all the time we have got for this week's show. The next time you hear from us, you will also be seeing our faces. Yeah, and a quick shout out. We know we've got like 300 plus qualifiers coming to Monaco. And we know that 121 of those guys got their seats via a spin and go. So if you know anyone who's going to be in Monaco, or if you, as a listener to this show, managed to bink a seat in the grand final, we are looking for someone to come on our next podcast, which will be recording on location to be a super fan. So hit us up, hashtag EPTNotLive on Twitter, and we'll read your message, and maybe you can be on the show. I think we're recording on day four of the main event. That's going to be on Wednesday the 4th. The reason for that, by the way, is because on the 3rd, it's the European Poker Awards. You're hosting the ceremony. So the very next day, we'll have a full rundown of who won what and how it went from your perspective. Yeah, maybe, maybe we can get some video from that for the podcast as well. Yeah. Oh, hello. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be like in a bar. It's going to be crowded. I think I, filming a couple of my jokes bombing will always be a good time. Who, who's going to film it? Bearing in mind that we're probably still going to be on air when this is happening. Well, they'll film it. 
and I'll get the video. Uh, if it's worth, look, if it's worth showing, we'll show you guys some stuff from that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So obviously the podcast will be available in the usual places in audio form, but obviously we encourage everyone to watch EPT Not Live probably on day five uh, when during the breaks we'll have the video version of the show. All right, perfect. So like I said, that's all the time we got for this week's show. Next time it's going to be me and James and Matt Broughton. But until then, smell you later. Later.